Tim Haig Reads Books, presented by Tim Haig. Where are the political baby boomers? Where are the 50-year-olds in the front benches? The writer Alwyn Turner has spotted a fascinating statistical anomaly, that the generation to which he belongs has produced significantly fewer front-rank politicians than those either side of it, or indeed any generation within living memory. Being a social historian, Alwyn was prompted to figure out why, and the answer is his e-book, Things Can Only Get Bitter. He identifies the pivotal 1992 general election as the crucial event and analyzes the impact on popular culture of a generation which turned instead to comedy, music, movies, and publishing. By coincidence, Tim was of precisely the same generation, so it was more or less on the order of a certainty that he would need to get hold of Alwyn and ask him how come he had failed to become leader of the Conservative Party. This is Tim Haigreed's books, and my book today is Things Can Only Get Bitter by Alwyn Turner. Alwyn's an old friend of this series. Hello, Alwyn. Good afternoon. Just for once, I'm not going to shoot your fox and say what the, the, the basic idea of this book is. I'm going to ask you to. It started from a realisation that there were no politicians of my age. I recently turned 50. And it seemed to me that somewhere around 2010, um, there was a sudden shift from people in power who were older than me to people who were suddenly 10 years younger. You see, you spotted that. I'm almost exactly the same age as you, and I hadn't mm-hmm. noticed. Well, no, it, it occurred to me, and I thought, well, maybe this is just a perception. Maybe this is not the reality of it. And so I went and started looking at the statistics of people who had occupied the great four offices of state um, and then cabinet ministers. And there is a very noticeable and dramatic drop in the numbers of people who were born between 1955 and 1964 who make it into the front rank of politics. And this is not simply because they're not old enough yet. They're already being overtaken as a group by those who were born in the following 10-year period, which is the, uh, the, the, the Cameron, Clegg, Miliband generation. They followed on straight from the Brown-Blair generation. And there's a gap in the middle. And it's a particularly populous gap as well. It was it, The birth rate was rising. This is probably the, the largest cohort of births in, in British history. And they're just not represented in senior so politics. Let, and I was specific. trying to work out why. You, you, you can find, I think, precisely three people who've made it to the, to the very front rank. There was William Hague, of course, who's, mm-hmm, who is still who with us. Age. And uh, Jackie Smith. Jackie Smith, who spent um, about 18 months, minutes, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and Theresa May. And that, that's essentially it. Yeah. Now, it, that doesn't mean that there weren't politicians. Um, no, no, no. The, 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 I, I, I there was, are other politicians. But I, as I say, even within, within the cabinet, I mean, branching out beyond those four, into the cabinet more generally, um, there is a really steep fall off of people. There, there is a definite phenomenon of a generation that is absent in politics. And it's the only time, having gone back through the figures for the last century, it's the only time that this seems to have happened. And it seemed to me intriguing to find out why that might be. And so the the, the the book is an attempt to explain well, what let, happened and, and, and where these people went. Let's let's um, let's do that uh, process then. Why do you think it is? What 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 turned that generation? I mean, it's it's impossible that there was no talent in that. In Indeed, that generation. yeah. There's you and, and me for a well, <laughs> So it's, it's it's a generation that's incredibly well represented in other fields, of course, in in, in culture and in media. It's, it's it's very very powerful indeed. 
just not in politics. So and why aren't we running the Labour Party? The conclusion I come to is that this is to do with the experience of coming of age in the late 70s, early 80s, at a time of recession, and living one's entire adult life seemingly under a perpetual Tory government. That I, I start by saying if you're born in 1961, you would have reached the age of 18 in 1979 when Thatcher comes to power and from then on you've got another 18 years before anything changes and it seemed a relentless series of defeats if you were in any way inclined towards um, a, a left position a liberal position even the whole of the 80s your entire young adulthood was spent being defeated but there, there have been other times, though, when a, a government's been in power for um, sort of 10, 15 years at a stretch. And that, that didn't discourage. No, what I, I, it's, 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 I think it's, it's a quantitative difference that it's not simply the 10 years. It's the 1992 election defeat, I think, is the crucial one. That it was 13 years at that stage since, since Margaret Thatcher had come to power. And there was a real sense in the 1992 election that this was the end of the Tory period. Well, all the polls said it was going Absolutely. to Absolutely. It, it, it felt like this was it. Major was now, John Major was now the Prime Minister. He seemed defeatable, um, to, put it, to put it mildly. And yet he wasn't. He won the largest vote ever recorded by a political party in British history. And there was a real sense in 1992, that general election, that that was it. If the Labour Party couldn't win then, we'd had two years of a massive recession which had been caused by a Conservative government. They couldn't claim that this was a position that they'd inherited from a, a Labour government. There hadn't been a Labour government in, or not quite in living memory, but for a heck of a long time. It was clearly a recession of their own making. And even then, there was no chance of getting rid of them. It genuinely felt at that stage as though there would never be anything but a Tory government. It felt as if no victory could ever be achieved. So that's the point, because in that 92 election, your, 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 um, your, your sort of uh, emblematic character who was born in 61 is, is 31 yeah. then. So if, if you were going to embark upon a political career, you'd probably already committed yourself to it by then. They must have withdrawn. I think what was what was happening through that period is um, that the counterculture in the in the nineteen eighties was incredibly diverse and creative, and a very very rich area, but ver completely hidden from the mainstream. It was it was separated off, and I think that's what then became possible was a, a, a sense that if we weren't going to break through in politics, then maybe we ought to be doing so in in, in a cultural field instead. Explore that a bit in the book. You you uh, you you do go into some detail of of the of the kinds of of uh, phenomena or creative um, works that 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 you're talking about. Things like the the sitcom Men Behaving Badly, things like Britpop coming mm -hmm. through, and um, and 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 the the, the the magazines that catered for new new ladism. The new lads, indeed. Yeah. Something I I never really understood back then. New ladism. It 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 never made any sense to me, but it does to you. I think it was a genuine thing, and it was it, it interestingly created by the the people of the generation I'm talking about. It was people around the age of thirty, people like James Brown, who was the editor of Loaded magazine. Oh, you, you've got um, a lovely quote from him, haven't you? That uh, it, it was for 
it, it loaded was for men who had accepted what they were and they'd given up trying to improve themselves. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think that was the sense of it. It was, it was part of the experience of the 80s um, on the alternative side. I mean, the, 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 there was a, a dominant mainstream culture that was celebrating uh, the Gordon Gecko greed as good kind of, of, of angle, but there was a very large subculture that was um, primarily uh, interested in, in, in fairly radical politics and particularly identity politics, and feminism was very important. And there was a feeling by the end of the decade that it hadn't been much fun by the end of the 80s. And there was a, maybe life was passing by and it was time to just enjoy oneself. And I think that's what the new ladism thing comes out of, is, is, is the attempt to, to just have a laugh and a beer and watch the football and, and, and give up trying to be a feminist man. And call it ironic, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, 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 that's very important at that stage, is, is that somehow we're playing at being, yeah, at being of, kids. The Frank Skinner, David Baddiel um, yeah. uh, approach, which is we're, we're, we're too clever to really be as, as uh, depraved as this, but we're going to do it and, 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 mm. and enjoy it for, for, the, for the sensual yeah. pleasure. And, 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 and it is fun, and, but, but it's, it's essentially playing at being an adolescent or a late adolescent. So you, you, you identify a period of, of, of um, between the, that election, 1992, and, uh, and 1997, when the death of Princess Diana makes clear that something fundamental has changed in the, in the outlook of mm-hmm. the country. You, you're not allowed to be ironic about things anymore. I th- that, that's certainly true, but I, th- I think things that are, these these things kind of concretized moments. I mean, the, the, the ninety two election. I, I think the reaction against, um, as I say, the po faced nature of the eighties had, had had already started to manifest itself. Ninety two election makes it explicit, and I think Diana's death does the same with the, the reaction against that. Um, and I think a lot of it is to do with again coming back to the politics of it that it starts the 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 cultural renaissance of the 1990s which i think is is a very genuine and an impressive phenomenon the 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 music the comedy the art the movies that were coming out these were genuinely exciting times um they had a residual political element in that they were still in favor of diversity um identity politics was still part of that and a very, very strong anti-Tory core to it. Um, anti-conservative feelings were, were, were you, dominant. You would in argue, that. in fact, that the, the, the country had had voted Tory when they didn't really um, believe it, and that the the, the country was was uh, had one <laughs> outlook and had voted a, a government that was that was completely antithetical to them. I think I think the country realised by the end of 1992 that it had made the wrong decision. Well, Black, Black Wednesday might have. Black, Black Wednesday was was such a kicker. Might for, have um, contributed, yeah. And and then there was just a series of own goals that um, the, the, the Tories seemed to in, indulge in on an almost you weekly basis. Imagine a Tory government <laughs> scoring own goals. <laughs> Indeed, but but once once Black Wednesday had created that that atmosphere of, of um, maybe they're not very competent after all. Then suddenly things like Michael Hesseltine's attempt to close down the mining industry suddenly became very, very serious and, and, and attracted a huge amount of, uh, of opposition, which hadn't been there, of course, in the mid-80s when the mining industry could have been fought for. Um, you had VAT being imposed on domestic fuel. Again, I mean, who would imagine the Tories imposing VAT rises um, on an unwilling country? The, these things happened 
in a kind of cumulative fashion, very, very rapidly. Once Black Wednesday had kicked away the, 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 the foundation of the, the government's economic policy, everything else tumbled very, very, very quickly indeed. And I think, uh, I think the country had kind of given up and decided that given that the party was going to be in power for the next four and a half years at that stage, the country would just carry on without them effectively and reinvent itself. And 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 did I mean you 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 make the point that uh, all, all those um, all those progressive things like uh, uh, an acceptance of diversity and and uh, uh, moving the country to a, a socially more tolerant uh, position happened in the face of a, yeah. a, a Tory government and, and well it, it, except it was no it wasn't quite in the face of because that implies an opposition it was kind of almost just ignoring. The government. It was. It was just. It was a we'll, 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 yeah, we'll get on with it on our own. We don't need your your permission. And as I say, there was a political content there, and that it was very strongly anti-Tory, but it wasn't aligned to the Labour Party at that stage, and there wasn't really much chance of it being aligned to the Labour Party while John Smith was the leader of the party, because John Smith was never going to look as if he really fitted in with a new lad agenda or a Britpop agenda. I mean, no. You know, Many no, many, many things can be said in, in, in favour of John Smith, but he wasn't really part of that uh, that, that cutting edge of youth culture, really. Um, and then, of course, in, in 1994, John Smith suddenly dies, and there's a new leader of the Labour Party who is very, very keen to align himself to this movement. And, and Tony Blair reinvents himself as the new Harold Wilson. Oh, he, Tony Blair accent, this sort of I'm not really posh accent, in which you, you, you keep... You keep all all the vowels, but lose all the consonants. <laughs> Indeed, yes. No, uh, the, it takes a, takes a good public up off. school bringing to yeah. to get that proper. Um, and there was, I think, very definitely a sense then that the the cultural renaissance of the nineties was going to become part of the, the the Labour campaign to be elected. And at that stage, it starts getting branded. Um, cool Britannia, particularly, become, comes comes into vogue in, in 95, 96. Um, the, the art movements, which had been really quite interesting. I mean, again, in the 80s, the London art scene was, was a phenomenally diverse and interesting place. Um, the early 90s, when people like Damien Hirst and, and Rachel Whiteread and, and Tracy Emin were coming through, a lot of very interesting work being done. By the mid-90s, it gets branded as the young British artists. And it's surprising how little work of any value has come since. Um, so, should we mind? Should we mind that a generation has, has turned its back on politics yeah. and, and moved into other fields? To the extent that it produces some interesting cultural moments, then possibly not. I mean, it, it certainly enriches the country. I think it has a very poor effect on politics because that influence that is then created in the, in the cultural sphere means that the rejection of politics becomes more widespread. And I think that's when you start to see people turning away from politics altogether uh, right across the country. There is a, a, a crucial moment, it seems to me, in 2001 in the general election when a government is elected for the first time in British history with fewer votes than the number of people who abstain from voting altogether. And that is chilling, I agree. That, 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 that's, that's worrying. There's, there's uh, the great Spike Milligan joke he used to say, one day the don't knows will win and then where will we be? And he well, right. they did. They <laughs> yeah. won in 2001 and they won again in 2005. That was the effect of, of, of Blair's leadership of the country. And then of, they went the into country. coalition with the Tories. Indeed, and, and you end up with uh, some very 
very peculiar uh, situations with uh, a, a by-election in Bradford where the three main parties between them can't even muster 50% of the vote. The Lib Dems lost their deposit. Indeed, and that's, that's in terms of the vote. In terms of the actual uh, the, the, ele- the electorate itself, uh, somewhere around 20% managed to vote for one of the three main parties. This is, this is a very poor situation, and I do think it actually comes back to what happens when a generation opts out of politics and loses interest and then spreads that lack of interest more widely amongst the population. Well, I enjoyed this uh, very much. It's a commendably short book, uh, so we we praise you for your uh, continence. It's called Things Can Only Get Bitter, and subtitled The Lost Generation of 1992, by Alwyn Turner. It's an e-book. It's not available on the shelves. That's so. correct. Just just in download form. So uh, it's two ninety nine as an e-book. Or cheaper on some sites. You get it for under two quid. Uh, Less than the price of a Sunday newspaper. Ah, uh, very good. So, Alwyn, thank you very much. Thank you. Tim Haig Reads Books is a Green Shoot production. You can find out more at www.green-shoot.com and Tim can be contacted on tim at green-shoot.com.